Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you. Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you to take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef-curated seasonal recipes to their very new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. And if you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavor recipes that will definitely leave you feeling satisfied. Also, HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old tired thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from. Did you get that? 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Listen, it's peak time for summer produce and HelloFresh makes sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your door in less than seven days for a quality you can taste. I recently made the Gouda Vibes Burger with tomato, onion, jam, and potato wedges. And I must say, this was one of the best burgers I have ever had. It was absolutely delicious. All of the ingredients were fresh, they were quality, and they were bursting with flavor. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Hey yo. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly-bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks. Because, because duality, duality is a thing. Yizzo! Yizzo! <laughs> this is so fake. Y'all, we just had to record this episode backwards because our guests needed <sighs> to skedaddle. <laughs> So we actually finished the episode, and now we're coming to do the beginning of the episode, and then we're going to edit it, and you're not Girl, even going to know. why are you giving, letting people know about our secrets? Because that's cool as shit. People got to know that we, because honestly, I'm not about to edit this video on Patreon, so they're going to see oh. this shit reversed. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I got a busy week. Oh, that so. would be funny to you if you were a Patreon patron, <laughs> but if you're not, then just crickets for you. All right, get on the so wagon. So it'll be a little, little strange. Hello, welcome back, B. What's up? What's up? You what's were up, missed, what's Queen. Up, what's up? Listen, I feel my, like I ain't talked to you I, I in like three wa- weeks. Huh? I feel week. like I ain't talked to you in like three weeks. You came onto the girls' Zoom chat. You need to turn the camera on. I was. I had to text you like, "Are you okay?" How dare you come on to a Zoom and not even turn your camera on and we didn't even record this week. Child, I was looking busted. 
You can look if you can't look busted with your girls, then we not your girls. Y'all saw my face. And y'all saw me worse. <laughs> Why are you so weird? I um what was oh yeah, I, I was you. gonna say I wouldn't no one else. If I'm not on the podcast, nobody else can replace uh-huh. me but Jade. <laughs> did you listen to it? I just saw that clip where she did that it. affirmation. I said, nigga, you you got the you job. You need to listen she to gonna it. She's going to be we my ghostwriter now. We was talking about you. You got to listen to it. Jade said that too. She said, Shanti ain't going to listen to this shit, so I don't even know why you... <laughs> Tell Jade. I'm going to text her right now and be like, yo, you need to be my ghostwriter for the affirmations. $15. She's, what took me down was that... Her math was impeccable. She said, if you fuck four dudes <laughs> with the same name, you fuck one dude. I said, wow. That is around the way arithmetic if I ever heard it. That's JoJo's math. That's JoJo's <laughs> math right there. She said one plus one equals what? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Negative three. But yeah, no, I wasn't feeling well. I just been, I've been in a space for a month now. And I was like, oh, it's hormones. Oh, it's sadness i don't know what it is it's just it's the un i, I will the not unknown. be able to, yeah it's just an unknown thing so here i am here we are you know what yeah. though what was i about to say damn Joe. it was gonna be important too it'll come back to me fuck you used all the you used all your brains yeah for my you, brain for, cells are for gone <laughs> i put like, too many i had too many big together. words <laughs> She said, bitch, I was prepping for this. (laughs) (laughs) Institution, yes. If you guys don't know, we announced this last week, but the the god, Yaba Blay, Dr. Mama Yaba Professor Blay, was on this bitch, will be on this bitch after the break. Uh, She recorded with us a little earlier because she's fancy and she's on a book tour, but she made space for two Mellow yellow, raggedy, Philly around the way curls. One mellow yellow in wow, one brown privilege, brown wow being okay, <laughs> okay. Um, Shut- so it, we it's a really great conversation. Uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Shanti, do you have any updates, Queen? Girl, that's what I was just trying to think about, and I couldn't. I wanted to share something All with right. you guys, but um. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Do your thing, B. Um, this week is a very this week has been stressful. I'm actually my hands are like like going because well. I just been go- I'm not well right now, but I am okay because like it's it's all good things. I'm already up for a promotion at work. Like shit's going Whoa. well. I checked the checked the little white boy. It was great. Whoa. I was like, mm. it was it was a magical moment because white men are just wow. They're so tricky. But this one in particular, he likes to try to prop himself up in front of the boss, but he really don't know what he's doing. And I just had to have a check-in to be like, hey, uh, boss, I, you know, this is happening. And shout out to her. She was like, girl, I know exactly what he's doing when he does that. Don't worry. I see the work you're doing. Yada, yada. So it was a great conversation. I was glad that I stood up for myself. And he is just crashing and burning, child. And I'm oh. just watching it. I'm just flaming the fire. Like, look at you. Just oh, a mess. Don't no, know what you're doing, Kyle. child. Come on, bruh. <laughs> um, I am also... The book club with Jade will be launching 
in March. Uh, we already announced it. The website is live, but aesthetically, I don't love it. So we're doing some changes, but you can still sign up <laughs> on the with Jade and Antoinette.com for the Hood Book Club. First book, The Coldest Winter Ever. Uh, we've already filmed our first video. We will be filming our second video this weekend. So it'll be it'll be coming out. And we are organizing around how to, you know, hold live conversations with book club members. So yes. stay tuned for that. Make sure you sign up. Um, for those discussions. And then I'm also trying to, I vowed to not do this, but somehow I'm doing it, help plan a girl's trip, which these girls of mine, boy, I love them, but boy, it's hard to plan with them. And it's just the ghetto. I feel like we've been it, doing very well. Y'all have been doing better, but it's still like a feat. You still got to reach out to somebody be like, hey, respond to this email. Hey, check this out. Hey, this. It's still like... Somehow I'm doing all of this research and looking up proximity to airports and this and that. And it's just more than I wanted to do. But it's also like if the payoff is that we're finally going to go on a girl's trip together, completely worth it. But anybody who has tried to plan a girl's trip already knows how that goes with a bunch of girls on a group text. It's difficult. And they and black people just, you know, they don't respond to group texts. Shout out to y'all. Um, also my last update is that I got selected. <laughs> I was so hyped. I got selected for the affordable housing in New York. So I've been applying, applying, applying. I'm like, Oh, I'm really trying to get this apartment. I'm really trying to get an apartment, really trying to get an apartment. Please guess how much a one bedroom for an affordable house for affordable housing goes. I don't per want month. to know. Please guess. Can you please guess what the affordable rate was? I already saw what was? the number was, so I can't guess. Y'all, it was $1,900 a month with no utilities. <laughs> it's like you need to leave. 10 blocks from the train. Child. And I was flabbergasted. I said, why are they? What are they? First of all, what's wrong with your comb? Girl. Second, <laughs> fix that comb. <laughs> this is a but, comb that can part, child. I see it. You probably... <laughs> Jojo was using that her fucking dolls. That's that's why that shit broke off. It's cheap. But anyway, go ahead. I'm listening. But anyway, it was that was that was depressing in all honesty. I was like, what? what? How was that affordable? Well, the way they do it is they have these new high rises and condos and shit going up in Brooklyn. And so I can't even imagine what the real rent is. The real rent's probably like twenty six hundred or some shit. So the affordable price is nineteen hundred a month. And I'm like if I'm not owning it, I'm not paying $1,900 a month. Like, y'all could kiss my entire ass. But then that goes, like, I had a whole Zoom meeting with my mother and her husband, and I was showing them houses that I was looking at in Philly, and they were all like, well, it was just a lot of conflicting information about neighborhood versus Don't ask white people about what's going versus- on in Philly. I know. So, you can but ask their about whole taxes thing was, and what people know about taxes <laughs> and the quality of house. But don't ask them because every the, neighborhood the thing, is scary as fuck to them in Philly. Right. And that's and I said that. I was like, listen, I was like, your idea of a good neighborhood is a white neighborhood. That's not where I'm going to be comfortable. And second of all, it was conflicting information in terms of buy a house in an area that is up and coming so that you get, you know, your, the property rises and you'll be able to sell it at a higher price. Got you. But then it was, but make, but neighborhood is everything. So make sure you buy a house in a really good neighborhood. And I'm like, 
if it's up and coming, like what what are we talking about? And then it was if it's up and coming though, it's probably gonna be priced higher. And so the person selling it to you is gonna make money on you. And I'm like, well, which one is it? Like this is all conflicting information. And I just got overwhelmed and closed my computer and and started looking up. I'll get one that you can afford and you like. And it's not right in the heart. So of now the new plan will probably be that at some point I need to come home and I need to just chill there for a little while and like ride around neighborhoods and figure out where I want to be. But I also had the realization of like my my mom's husband kept saying, but you want to be somewhere where you're going to be happy, like where you're happy with the neighborhood. And I was like, honestly, I'm not thinking about the neighborhood that much, like in ter- like not like Brooklyn where I'm just going to go outside and go to this bar. Like I'm thinking about it. I was like, that's not Philly to me. But that like, is Philly, Philly to now. me is you get, but it's not in my mind. It's not. It's like Philly to me is still you get in your car and you drive to where you want to be. Like it's not around you to like hang out. And the places that are, are like Fairmount, which are like, I can't afford Fairmount. Maybe Brewery Town. I don't want to live in Fishtown because that's still, I don't like it. Kensington is a hell no. no there's so mad like, neighborhoods. Surprisingly, that that's what gentrification is. There's mad neighborhoods where you can go. And that's what I'm saying. And I don't know that. So yeah. I need to come home. Because I, I, my thing, I had resigned myself to, okay, life would just be different and I kept thinking, like, I want to be somewhere by City Line Avenue so I could shoot down to my mom's house. I could shoot up the boulevard to go see Amanda. I could shoot downtown to go see Shanti. Like, I could get to where I got to go. And, like, I'll have destinations. But I'm not just going to be outside in my neighborhood chilling. So oh, if that's yeah. not the case, then I definitely need to come home and explore yeah, the areas come more. check it out in the springtime. <sighs> but then this just feels like next so spring. much. And I also don't know if I can leave New York with the job that I have still. So it's all pending. <laughs> you better tell them. You better leverage that. I, I have tried. I've, I put it in some people's ears, but. It's child. a motherfucking pandemic. No, during the pandemic, it wouldn't be an issue. But then like once, then if, once the office opens back up, it's like. Whenever that is. And you can also say, listen, if, when you live in Philadelphia. I'll come in twice a week. You know how many people do that? I'll come no, in twice I'll come a week. I come in once a week. I ain't come in once a week. I'll come in when y'all need, you know. Anyway, that's exciting. If you move to Philly, that would just be so crazy. You wouldn't even see me. I feel like y'all would see me more when I come home, <laughs> when I come visit, because it's like, oh, Antoinette's home. We gonna, we're all going to gather. But if I was just we're there, just gonna you go would to be your like, house. Huh? No, we're not. We would always just come to your house. I don't believe you, you, that. You for so. Y'all don't get together crazy. now. And that bothers it's me. It's a to pandemic. Yeah, but even before y'all didn't get together. And it I hurts would go me to Amanda's deeply. house. Oh, I would go right, to Amanda's well. house. I still need to go see her new house now and just get dropped no, off. No, not in the panties or something like that. But we would just go to your house. Duh. All of that's what would happen. <laughs> you better. We ca- have kids. If I come all that's the way the fuck home difficult. and y'all don't talk you, to me and hang just, out with me. Bring your kids to your house, and you'd be like, "Could y'all please leave and take your kids?" (laughs) No, I'm gonna pay JoJo to like do. JoJo and Shaw gonna be doing work. I'm like, can y'all rake them leaves? Can y'all shovel that bathroom for some uh, Roblox coin? That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm gonna be like, JoJo, come on over. (laughs) Fuck around and have a baby. JoJo be 
the utmost care. You babysitting, exactly. The utmost. Don't play with me. She teach you how to take care of the baby. She's like, um, no, actually, you need to. She probably this would. I'd be like, oh, for real? <laughs> oh, for real, JoJo? Okay. Where you learning that from? <laughs> for real? Okay. So Great. I'm just putting everything on my face. Girl, what are your updates? You're I really well. can't remember what Still I was not thinking. Well. I finished Pen 15. It's the best show that I've seen in no. so long. It is It's better than The Wire. It, Don't upset it, me. It, it affected me in a different way than The Wire does. Both of them are, are showmanship of of masterpieces of art, of people just realizing their potential to the fullest. These girls, child, you'd love it because they have a theater tech moment. They have a they have a theater moment where they one becomes the performer and the other becomes the techie and like how those worlds clash. Oh, I would be obsessed. Oh my God. I was <laughs> I was like, I fucking love this show. That's it. There was other one other thing I wanted to share with y'all, but it must not be important. So Whatevs. Here we are. Here we It'll are. It'll come. But that's it. It'll I'm, come, I guess. I'm here. That's that's all y'all need to know. Ciao. Uh, all right. Well, moving on. Pop culture. I really found this so sweet. And I know a lot of people probably won't care. But I love Mama Tina Knowles. I just love her. She is just the... She's just such a fucking mom. Where she, she really just is. like dotes on her kids and it's like mm-hmm. that's fucking Beyonce lady. So today she penned a love letter to Sean Carter, aka Jay-Z. And she just she just went on and on and on and, and congratulating him on all his do? success and she was just like, you know, he changed the Super Bowl. She shouted Jasmine out. I saw and that. And she was like, um, you know, he got all this backlash when he entered into this partnership, but he vowed to change the entertainment during the Super Bowl. And, you know, look at these opportunities that these black people are getting. It was black excellence. Jasmine Sullivan sang our beautiful national anthem. And I didn't see one post of anybody um, acknowledging him for... Um, uh, not listening to the noise or the backlash and continuing to push forward and create opportunities and make sure black people get coins and like do the work basically. And then she went on to congratulate him for title, but she spelled it like a title of the book instead of T I D A L, no, which was the did. cutest shit I've ever seen no, in my she life. Did it. Yes, she, like she I said, did. That's the greatest streaming. It's quality streaming. I kept thinking to myself, what is title? Title. <laughs> and then I realized what she was talking Girl, about. Girl, commas everywhere, just... spaces in between it. I said. <laughs> I love her so much. So shout out to Mama Tita Doles, who is just the mom of moms. God bless her little soul. And this happened a while back, but she also showed us when Blue Ivy Carter did her makeup? Did you Girl, see that? That looked like my makeup. She beat the shit out of her <laughs> face. <laughs> that's basically, my... <laughs> that's basically what you that's have what on right now. That's what I look like right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a little eight-year-old did that? She, she got too, a future, she baby. She's too talented. That little girl. Mm. Right. Um, what else, child? 
I saw you you updated this. You said Kim Kardashian, Kim and Kanye are divorced. I said they are not divorced. They she filed for divorce supposedly. You want them to be divorced so badly that you was just... what I said. What did I say this on the podcast that I think that this is God working for Kanye? Did I say that? <laughs> I don't maybe. I just I really this is think, a long time coming for you. I really think as crazy as we think Kanye is. I really don't think don't that think his he's crazy. I don't think that his prayers well. are not going answered. And I think that God is working in mysterious ways for that brother. And when the ways that we think his shit is falling apart, it may be helping him bloom and have realizations and deepening his spiritual path. So shout out to Cause ain't no way. You could be, I ain't mean, Kim no cool, way. they cool, but ain't no way you can be attached to those people cool? and have a, any sense of normalcy. Especially, I think that everything that Kanye wants is, is direct like, conflict with what yeah, Kim wants. he like, I want so the farm confusing. in Omaha. We're going to grow our own food, live in a yurt, wear simple clothes <laughs> that are expensive. <laughs> Play music. Don't pay I our workers. I thought about that though, like, and I was like, "Yo, could you imagine if we got like imagine in like five to seven years if Kanye came back? Kanye resurrected and was like, con, like Kanye. college dropout, late registration, Kanye, like that, like graduation, Kanye, or just lucid, healthy, happy Kanye. Yeah, like could you imagine? I pray. This is oh. my prayer for him. I know that this is the ways in which God is working in his life. Amen. Amen. Let him loose, devils. Let him loose. Child. And maybe they were in each other's lives for a reason. Because now you got little Kimmy Cakes trying to get people out of jail, child. She done went back to not school. She's a lawyer now. She's a judge. She's not a lawyer. LA. She's not a lawyer. That shit pisses. I watched The View. That shit pisses Sunny Hostins off when people say she's a lawyer. Because Sunny Hostins is a lawyer. She gets so fucking mad. She's a lawyer. She's not a lawyer. Sunny. She's a liar. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, I was going to say something about Megan and the bull party, but I don't really, I don't, I'm kind of, I feel too old to be talking about them because I don't really know them like that, but they're really cute. They're like a little new cute couple oh. and I'm semi-invested because I love love, the little Libra in me. Do you know who party is? I saw him because I saw somebody up behind her. I said, who the fuck is that? He to do a turn around, fuck it all the way up. He was on that song with um Cardi B. All the way up. Um, I worry about these young girl. You don't need it for nothing. Look at better every day. You got the girl. You gonna keep saying it? I'm gonna keep not knowing what you're talking about. Oh, all right. Well, (laughs) shout out to you. (laughs) I hope she's well. I hope those. She deserves happiness. She does. That little girl deserves happiness. What a real one, cause I hope he is. You know, he didn't. He he took her out on her her little date, and he was he wrote. He'd been professing his love to her publicly for a while now, and she finally gave him a shot. And she was like, "Where are we going? Where is where is dinner?" And he was like, "Do you trust me?" And it was like a little jet. It was a little jet to fly her off. And then he had a whole catered dinner Girl, somewhere you know in some location. Bitch, because I follow the shade room. This is easy. <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> like, bitch. The shade room is that's a storytelling mechanism. I told there. you, they, you they were the first scoop. one to turn me out with the other John. I was like, What, Bossup? Yeah, I was like, this is what I wake up and do every day. <laughs> Bossup in college was life. Bossup was like 
Because I couldn't get into World Star because World Star would make me sad sometimes. Violet. I'd be like, oh, look, look at us just acting up, man. This is terrible. And yeah, and then like people knocking each other out. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. But Bossa was like, they were heavy on Rihanna. And I yes. used to be like, what's just walking out restaurants? Today? I said, what's she wearing today? How does she look like that? What the fuck is she doing today? That was when B- Rihanna was just like, bitch. Life. Life. Rihanna also has on her Instagram has hinted towards R9 possibly coming out sometime soon. So fingers crossed for that. But I'm still bumping hotels. Shameless plug. Um, next on the docket, I just really wanted to shout out this wonderful, beautiful, fabulous content creator that is it's dot 17 prime on IG. Girl. It's a kind of silly name, but <laughs> old girl kills it. Have you seen her? I'm going to send you some of her. She's the girl, right that, now. I'm gonna do that's now, the girl that... That's the girl that goes on there. She acts like she's an auntie. She acts oh, like she's she an old lady. Oh, man. Yes. She is a star. She, I mean, she has the mannerisms down. When she feeling with her clothes, and is she walking away? Like, everything Undefeated. about her is like, she's a star. She needs to be on television or she just needs to come up with some kind of sketch comedy, something, but she's brilliant and she's genius. And I discovered her on embracing black culture, which is another favorite of mine. And that, that girl gives, she, when I am lightweight high at night after an edible, I can just scroll on her page and, and, and I will look up, it'll be two o'clock in the morning and I'm still cackling watching the same videos that I've watched but they just never get old. So it, please, it y'all. It's hilarious. Please check out its.17prime on IG. She will give you life. And lastly, I think this is in honor of Dr. Mama Yaba Blay, who is first generation uh, Ghanaian, black with a capital B woman. Stevie Wonder is moving to Ghana, child. He said, I got to go. He said, I can't I see all was- this shit happening around me no more. <laughs> I can't, stand he said, I can't see and I damn sure can't see it happening here. <laughs> I got it. to go. This but he did say me. that he wasn't going to go until his work was done or something. Like until his kids said they, they could, until his Stevie, kids. Stevie, you got a two year old, Stevie. Does he have a two-year-old? Yeah, Stevie fuck around, have a baby every year. I'm like, nigga, you, first of all. <laughs> you liar. He does Yes, he probably has like 10 year olds. Like the youngest is still a teenager. I'm like, Stevie, uh, he just got a divorce, though. Exactly. Which is wild to me. Would you go find somebody else and get her pregnant? I get wow, pregnant by Stevie, Stevie out here. A minute. <laughs> Stevie, yes. <laughs> we having a baby. I just feel like whoever the fuck is still putting the beads in his hair, they need to cut it the fuck out. Like, <laughs> his a little shit man is bun. so far back. Give dude. him a classic man bun. Get this man some grace, child. I know. Like, what are y'all doing? Mad, wild, disrespectful, yo. Because <laughs> they need like, to they know don't love you, coming. Stevie. That's just, that's you know how it. you know when Stevie found love? When who, when he come out bald-headed. And that woman I'll cares put a about him. Hat was like, on and give him a red right, baby. Hat. Like get it, get a hipster Stevie. <laughs> he just they, they playing the shit out of Stevie right now. Red beanie. He just got one of those Scully drawings that all the hipster. He need a duality is a thing. Red beanie, bang bang. There you go. That's so funny. He's come out a New York cap, some Tim's on. Yo, Stevie man, shout out to Stevie the God, but 
I can't wait to see what he does in Ghana. Maybe he'll just chill the fuck out. I don't know. But he said he's out. He got to go. That's where he wants to be. And I'm here for it. Same, Stevie. Same. (sighs) Take us into politics as usual. You got something on the docket, sis. Texas is devastated. Texas (laughs) got three feet of snow. It went the fuck under. No, but like in terms of we laugh around about that kind of thing about like. No, it's a natural disaster. That don't. Get snow and then they get two feet of snow and they like freak the fuck. I don't think it, they even did. They really get three feet. I don't. I think they just got like ten inches. Shut. Them people are struggling. The infrastructure was not well. Now this is Anthony. You may know this more than I do. Someone blamed it on the fact that they were using um, turbo winds and not. They were like using natural sources of energy. See, if my I, dad I be giving me that fucking WhatsApp <laughs> news. <laughs> Yeah, because the skies are gray, you know, <laughs> and the skies are gray, and then that means that it got shut down because that shit don't work. They need a petroleum. I'm like, what? <laughs> what in it the WhatsApp like, did you get? Send this? this to ten people, or your wish will not come true. <laughs> He's like the vaccinations. <laughs> I ain't child. I, I'll be honest. I've been real busy this week. I haven't been watching my CNN the way I normally do. But I will say that it's not even the weather. It's the fact that the energy supply is like kaput. Nobody has any electricity. Nobody has any heat. People are literally... The water's contaminated. The water's contaminated. The The pipes are freezing, so they're bursting. So people's homes are flooding. Okay? It's complete devastation. People are losing everything that they have. Um, and, and dying. It's, it's actually and and dying. People are dying. They're starving. The grocery stores can't ran keep food, food cold. Ran out of food. The c- food spoiling. They don't have. They don't have yeah, lights. They don't have heat. They don't have air. Con- they have nothing. So um, it is a hot ass mess. And I just want to point out that Ted Cruz. <laughs> while all this was going on, this is the motherfucker that y'all. You know, y'all voted in. You know, Beto was trying. Beto got his shit, but Beto was trying to win this win. And uh, Ted Cruz hopped on a flight to Cancun with his family and was like, "Oh, we out then, because we don't need to be here for this bullshit." I can't help like, you with this. The, yeah, like they this had is him on a meme. You know, the Titanic when he was like, "Yeah, I have a child. <laughs> I have a child." That was Ted Cruz. Like, I'm out. And it wasn't only Ted Cruz, it was also Kim Paxton, who's an attorney general, also dipped. People are just finding out. Um, Ted Cruz is apparently back and trying to show everybody everything that he's doing. But like Beto apparently had, Beto and AOC, because everybody wants to hate on AOC, but they have raised, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars to help Texans. Um, In addition to Queen B who is doing stuff, because, you know, she's a Texan, Houston, so she's doing stuff to support people. But, like, it is really devastating. But, like, when your grid is out... Mm-hmm. And been out. <laughs> you, your money, at the same... You know, money is great, but, like, what... Like, this is... this is Well, this... I don't is, think they're giving people money. They're raising money for for help. So for food supplies, for shelter supplies and things of that nature. They're not like giving people, here's a hundred like a hundred dollars. 
what to are like they go saying? grocery shopping. I have shopping. to do some serious research. But what are they actually saying about the collapse of the grid? Like, what the fuck kind of well that that's movie getting, needs to that's be going getting, on? I haven't been watching it as much as I should, but that's getting ping pong back and forth in terms of the blame. A lot of the blame is going on the actual like CEOs. I forget the 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 company's CEO's name, but on him because he should have had it. Um, he should have been better prepared. They knew the storm was coming, X, Y, and Z. But also, Texas built its energy to be unregulated by the government. So it's tricky. So they're they're now demanding that the Republicans, since the Republicans are in power in Texas, do something to change this and fix it. Like right now, people there are getting... There's a woman today on CNN. She makes $11 an hour. I forget Miss Flores. I forget her first name. Working at a um, uh, old folks home, and she just received a three thousand dollar bill, electricity bill. That, and she has no electricity. She's like, "What the fuck am I getting an electricity bill for if I have no electricity and I can't stay in my house?" Unsustainable. But I don't understand it, and I'm glad I don't. I'm glad my shit is regulated in some kind of way. But like, apparently these. Companies can just do whatever the hell they want. We don't have the answers, but definitely look into this if you live in Texas. I just want to shout out. I, I I did reach out to Ben. He's safe. So everybody's worried about Ben. I did. Ben just driving that. around. I see him in his picture. Like this shit is <laughs> fucked up. Ben can't see his horses. Ben, we're glad we're safe. And I hope the horses are safe. Exactly. I, w- I will say this. This was a, an extreme eye opener for me. One. You know, I don't know what more evidence we need that the weather is mm. fucked up. Mm. You know, like the the weather is fucked up. The weather patterns that are normal that are have been repeating rhythmically for centuries. It's a new ballpark. Like we don't know what we're gonna get. Shit is real, real provocative in that way. Secondly, I want to say. And I want to do this myself. Everybody should invest at least as how much money you have, but you should be investing at least five hundred dollars in like a pre- preparatory kit for your home. Especially Ooh, you if sound you, like your mom. <laughs> no, that's real rap. Especially if you own a house, you should have all of the batteries. You should have all of the flashlights. You should just you should we should be doing research as to what would happen Batteries, if your internet and your date. lights and your water cut off because it's a reality because we're on a a mass grid that like mm-hmm. water, this shit's gonna go fuck up somehow food. canned food yep. we need everybody needs their fucking to go bag mm-hmm. like this is real things I want to bring Ashley on she's of land based drawings in Philly I'm gonna bring her on but she gonna get us ready she gonna get us fucking shook like what? <laughs> Don't do that with me because you know my extra ass. <laughs> Next that- time you come in here, I have everything. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's just what we should have. This, like, Do you know how to make a fire? Yes. If you didn't have a match? No. See? Me no. That's shit we got to know. I don't know where the north is. <laughs> north is up. But if you put me in the middle of some... Like in Philadelphia, I know because of the street side places but you plot me in brooklyn somewhere and say bitch go north i'm gonna be oh, like no. what 
That's what I'm saying. We gotta get like Harriet. We gotta find the stars. Where we gotta the get in touch. You you keep girl, you keep talking about these these zodiac signs. Get in touch with these stars, these constellations, and I teach know. us some shit. Girl, I just know you a Libra. That's all I know. I'm a shit. Sad. Remember when we was talking about uh sweet baby Jesus' birth? It was the it was the North it Star. It was the North Star. Shout out to Black Liberation, Black Politics. It's been going on for <laughs> centuries. Shit. The only North Star I knew was get to get to freedom. I ain't know Jesus was. I ain't know the was three wise men too. Get free, child. Child, it's like we gotta get our souls free. <sighs> Amen. Uh, speaking of getting your souls free, I hope this soul is trapped in hell forever. Donald Trump. <laughs> More news just came out about this crazy man. I'm so happy he's gone, baby. But somebody, you know, when Donald went to uh, North Korea, remember mm-hmm. that. And he was, it was the first time anybody ever met with Kim Mm Jong-un at the border and all this shit. You know, he offered that man a ride home on Air Force One. And Kim Jong-un was the one that said no. Oh, my God. Fuck with you. Also, Also, do we know if Kim Jong-un is dead or not? Remember they said that he, they thought he died? We ain't hear nothing. What in the world are those Koreans doing? (laughs) (laughs) We ain't heard nothing (laughs) since. They got that shit on lock. Like, we don't even know if he's alive. That's wild. It's tricky over there. But Donald Trump, I mean. He's like, yeah, take this ride with me. It's just more that comes out. And the the person who outed him was on the plane. And they said that he, that they, they advised him like, Donald, that would be a terrible look for the United States of America to have this horrible dictator on Air Force One. Like, you're going too far. He hasn't agreed to any terms really yet. Like chill and he was like don't tell me uh which ones of my friends can come on the plane or not (laughs) yo like (laughs) wild times i was like i'm not your friend nigga (laughs) he was like i don't even understand what you're saying half the time you sure don't looking fucking man uh another thing that happened is that (laughs) i mean NYPD officer Raymond Woods admits that he played a role in the death of Malcolm X. It was like, this is is this news for white people? It must be. News <laughs> yes, for white I'm like, like, oh what? my god, that was an inside job. But shout out because I know how much you love him, Sean King. <laughs> Another tricky one. Shout out to colorism. We're gonna talk about that later because we don't. We there's a lot of questions around Sean. Is Sean black? We don't know, but he follows me on Instagram, so I've decided that he is. Girl, and that don't mean nothing. <laughs> I'm going to be an ally to Sean. Um, <laughs> but so many people Aye. were writing under his post, because you know, he has so many white followers. And they were just like, wow, this is like, this is a travesty. Wow, this is crazy. And I, meanwhile, black people are like... I know. Wait till they really wait till they hear about like the real shit with JFK and Cuba and I know like they're just gonna they might collapse. They might just implode like it was it, it'll be like the Truman show. Remember when he found out that he was actually living in a show <laughs> and it wasn't like reality and it just like fuck he was like <laughs> I know they're just the gonna all their all heads confused. are just gonna explode everywhere. It's just gonna be a Armageddon. That's will be the Armageddon. It's why people are when like, well, we got to blow out. this motherfucker up then. <laughs> <laughs> when white people find out that's what the, the real deal is. White people just like, tear this motherfucker down. People are like, what do you mean? My ancestors were colonized? 
I'm connected to that. It's my cousin stormed the Capitol building. What do you mean? The police are be... not connected to a legacy of of violence and I racism? benefit from racism. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of wealth because of racism, and my dad was able to buy homes. But no, Hakeem my wasn't. Dad. My friend Hakeem's dad <laughs> wasn't allowed to get a loan. He's gonna be. Gonna Hakeem's be like, dad is so nice. <laughs> He's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we gotta mind. blow this shit up. And then their violent ways just to fuck up, and it still <laughs> messes everything up. They, they still fuck they it up. They just can't get away from being violent. The only thing. thing the only thing white people really know how to do well is war. Yeah, they're like, so. oh, we got to go to war with ourselves then. <laughs> Get the tank. Get the AK-47, man. We're going right down to that bank and we're blowing it the fuck up. It's going to be like, bro, can you chill? Bro, like, we ask for equality, it? bro? Can you just reparations? <laughs> like, there's a system. We can do this. No! <laughs> Blow it up. Starting back again. They're gonna be like, no, you. We're gonna blow it up, and then you guys colonize us. <laughs> like, no, that's, that's that's not what we asked for. <laughs> that's not what. We <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, <laughs> they do the most, y'all. That shit is wild. Let's start all over you gotta again. Go. Here, you get the guns. <laughs> Yo, if you want a good laugh, sometimes, <laughs> if you're in the mood, because sometimes it's triggering as fuck, but if you want a good laugh, just go in Sean King's comments and look at what the white people are saying. They either say a shit real reckless or they're like ready to risk it all. They're like ready to like put it all out there. And it's just like, yo, chill. Y'all are doing way too much. A minute. <sighs> On a more uh, sobering note, the United States has reached 500,000. That is half of a million, right? Yes. Half of a million people, human beings, lives that were connected to other lives that meant something to someone have passed away due to COVID-19. And it is unfathomable that we Americans walk around with this goddamn arrogance that we have, and we are one of the worst countries when it comes to COVID. We're the life period. expectancy period in the world. <laughs> Just in the general, like fuck COVID. We're one of the worst countries. Right. In the We're world. one of the worst countries, period. But like the fact that all of these human beings have died is just like you got what well, I think. It's so hard when you're dealing with statistics because you don't you don't humanize that one. You know, like I I don't I don't have half a million of anything, right? I got cells and shit, so, molecules and shit like that, but like half a million is so much, so many. And then you're you're thinking about their kids, their yeah. their their friends, their yeah. like I just and how that has affected so many people and it just is so sickening 
and sad and unnecessary. And, and a lot of it, like, at this point, yes, the government has a lot to answer for. But so do we. Mm. So do we. Because I understand that we need to have aid and we should have been warned earlier. But, like, we're about to be a year in this bitch. There is no reason for that us Atlanta to be Atlanta is acting that way. Yeah. Atlanta? What the Atlanta's fuck? Atlanta's a mess. Atlanta's a mess. Certain parts of Texas, Texas are a mess. Florida's a mess. Certain parts of Brooklyn. Everywhere. There are people acting the fuck up. So I am just, if you feel comfortable, if you feel safe, I am encouraging people to remind, remind your people that this shit is not over, that we're in the worst of it. Like, we might be tired of it, but we're in the fucking worst of it. And people are dying. Like, lives are, like, I just, there's not language to to explain how serious this actually is. And, um, you know, it it is, there's a human element here, guys. Like, there's, if you really care, like we we sit here and we talk about black joy and how much we love black people and care about black people and love people in general and want to do right, just wear your fucking mask. Just like double it up if you can. If you don't have access to masks, you know, that's that's a real thing. So if you do have access to masks, try to help somebody out who might not. You know, like this shit, we just all have to do our part with this. I'm going to shut up, but like- Amen. That blew my mind today when I saw that. And it made me so sad. Like, I know people who have lost parents. Thank God I have not lost anyone in my family. But I know, like, a significant amount of people who've had it. They're not fully recovered. They're, they get these horrible migraines, headaches mm. Mm. That, they, that are, like, blinding. My one girlfriend told me it's blinding. And she's mm. supposedly been recovered for, like, a month and a half now. She's like, I still am not 100% at all. You know, we just got to keep each other safe as best as possible. Child. That's all I got to say on that. Ashe. You got anything to say on that, sis? I said Ashe. Namaste. Apparently, hip-hop hooray. What'd she say? Hip-hop hooray. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Fucking Jade. Um, Speaking of that. We should shout out some patrons. Uh, shout out to all the newbies. We appreciate you. We see you. We love you. Angela B. Maya M. Patrice B. Teresa B. Another Angela B. And Ruby A. Y'all some real ones. Welcome to Around the Way Curls. We're glad to have you. And for all of you who don't know what we're talking about, you just listen to us for the first time. We are Brown the Way Curls. We have a podcast in which we are in your ear. And we also have a Patreon where you can see us talk and make faces and cackle together and provide other videos that. Yeah, we usually stay on here. Listen to on the podcast. So there's more content there. So, for instance, Antoinette just had a dating. Ciao. What would you call that? A dating event online. 
that you that folks had the pleasure of partaking in and following. They like that. Dirty. They like that a lot. People did. They, <laughs> people were invested, child. They were invested. They people like, have been writing me. I know. I and I haven't. Oh, man, what? I. I got anyway, to go This week has just girl. been crazy, but I, I have not responded to nobody. Not so soul, not so soul. <clears throat> and I need to. Anyway, so yeah, um, I think it's time for a break. I just want to also, uh, we want to. I want to say a break, but I also want to make one more, um, one more comment. And I need to put this on the internet as well. But we said it before, and that. We are a two-woman show. The talk, talking about sustainability. Child. We find the guests. We do the research. We write the questions. We secure the sponsorships. We make the commercials for said sponsorships, which we write. We sit and talk for two hours to each other, which we enjoy, but nonetheless, it takes a lot of energy. We then, one of each person will edit the podcast. We then go on to post it on social media. Edit the videos. Do the Edit clips, the videos. Do the this, stories. Respond this, to the DMs. Respond to the emails. Put the tweets out. It is unsustainable. <laughs> and so... We would like to be able to grow, and we also want to admit the areas in which we've hit a wall in that there's just things that we have outlearned. So, if you are an editor... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. A social media strategist content creator, PR person who, listen, if you know us and our brand and you have the skill sets to help in any of those said areas in which we need help, then please email us at around the curl, oh, child, see, around the way curls <laughs> at gmail.com. 
I forgot, put the subject in. I don't know what the subject could be, but just we going I got your back or something. This takes community. And I think that it's very important that we start naming the ways in which we need help and we want to grow and we want to stay sustainable because um, we, we love what we do and we want to continue doing what we do. But also, child, we need help. And that's real. And there's mad people out there with skills and know and see possibilities beyond even what we can. So shout out to you. You know who you are. This is God speaking to you. This is the moment that you've been waiting for where you're like, I, they're talking to me. I will email them. And we look forward to hearing from you. So on that note, uh, we about to, oh, we about to have a discussion, child. <laughs> We talked all that nonsense, and now we're about to have some real discussion. Put your thinking caps on. Put your tick your dictionaries out. Big words will be said. Real mind-blowing theories will be put together. And, and uh, no answers will be had. Yes. Any questions <laughs> here on Around the Way Curls, baby. That's how we like it. So right. join us as Dr. Yaba Blay comes on to talk her, her shit. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, y'all. Antoinette here, and I am inviting you. Hey, y'all. Antoinette here, and I am inviting you to take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef-curated seasonal recipes to their very new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. And if you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavor recipes that will definitely leave you feeling satisfied. Also, HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old tired thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from. Did you get that? 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Listen, it's peak time for summer produce and HelloFresh makes sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your door in less than seven days for a quality you can taste. I recently made the Gouda Vibes Burger with tomato, onion, jam, and potato wedges. And I must say, this was one of the best burgers I have ever had. It was absolutely delicious. All of the ingredients were fresh, they were quality, and they were bursting with flavor. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Yes. And so we are back with a very special guest. We are honored and delighted and slightly horrified because you're going to see how we can't actually string sentences together <laughs> in contrast <laughs> to you. But we have Dr. Yaba Blay with us. Say hello to the people. Hello to the people. How y'all doing? <laughs> good. Good. Good now. For those of you who do not know, 
Dr. Yababla is a scholar activist, public speaker, and cultural consultant whose scholarship, work, and practice centers on the lived experiences of black women and girls with a particular focus on identity, body politics, and beauty practices. Not only is she a scholar and thought leader, she is a social media maven. She is the <laughs> sole content creator, marketer, strategist behind three social media accounts, professional black girl, at Yaba Blay, and at IamPretty.period. She has run all of her own crowdfunding successfully, all of her Kickstarters, all with her own grit and will and genius. And 10 years ago, she self-published a book called One Drop by herself, Against All Odds, Sagittarius Gang Gang. And <laughs> she's so fancy and, again, so brilliant. She was like, I'm going to do it again, but this time I'm going to have some backing. So with Beacon Publishing, she has re-released One Drop and to standing ovations. It's currently <laughs> back-ordered and sold out within a week. So oh, let me get a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations Ooh. to you. Um, I, I said this again. I'm going to get I'm going to be quiet after this. But I said this before. I've watched you through tears, frustration, humor. You just have put your everything into your work. And you, right now you're doing the work right at this current moment. You're you were a professor before. But right now. You're on Mad White Women's Lives, teaching black, teaching these white people what white supremacy is, explaining, repeating, hand-holding, also like, you know, you're just doing a lot of the work. And most importantly, you've been doing work for black women in particular, just reminding us that we're beautiful and we're loved and we're seen and we're so grateful for you. So thank you. I know that it's relentless. I know it's not as rewarding as it may seem at times, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And shout out to you. you. How, how are you feeling now that you have this exposure and, you know, your shit's sold out? <laughs> how are you? Are you feeling heard? Are you feeling seen in this moment? I'm feeling a whole lot of ways and you probably can't relate. What's your sign, Antoinette? Libra. Okay, so you can understand too. That's the air fryer thing. We, we good. But you can probably understand it's like a little both and, you know, it's like I'm overjoyed. You know, I'm happy. I feel proud of myself, but I can't help to also feel some type of way, right? I'm trying to put that in its proper context and stay in the moment and stay present and, and recognize that the work is being recognized, which is what I've said that I've wanted, you know, but also... Oftentimes when we get the thing that we've been wanting and then you recognize that there's other shit that comes with it, you know, so a lot of times people talk about visibility and exposure and I'm always cautious because it's like visible to who and exposed to what, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. so while my personal visibility is growing which could be a good thing for those who are thinking about like wanting their numbers to grow, wanting to have more followers, wanting to have more fans if that's the language you want to use. For me, like in the last year, you know, I've probably gone from like 20 something thousand followers on Instagram, for example, to now like 80 something thousand. I will go as far as to say like 75% of that are white people. What? Yeah. And you see that response <laughs> oh, that you no. have for me, me, black ass job and me. But, and so again, oh. that conversation around who are you being exposed to 
um, and, and visible to who, like, because of the work that I do, because we're in this moment where white folks want to be woke, you know, and folks are trying to learn about race and trying to learn about white supremacy and trying to be anti-racist and learn what it is they can do. It's like the more conversations I have, the more they want to come along to learn more, which is fine. But if I'm honest, it also makes me kind of like, mm-hmm. it's not even my page no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So a little both. And I'm, I'm super excited uh, that the work is being received well. I'm super excited that more people are going to be having conversations, which is what I ultimately wanted to happen in the first place. Um, but I'm also just like, you know, let's see how long this lasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, protect y'all at all costs. That's the new hashtag. <laughs> right. I'll take it. So I, I want to jump into the contents of One Drop. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, how do you self-identify being as though your parents are Ghanaian, your first generation immigrant raised in New Orleans? How how do how do you identify I'm the, or learn to identify? I'm black with a capital B. Um, depends on context. I might, you know, of course, rep the set. I'm Ghanaian. I rep the set. I'm from New Orleans. I rep the set and say I'm American born Ghanaian, you know, for specificity, but ultimately I identify as black and I do so, so that I can connect culturally, racially, and otherwise with more people than not. Word, word. And so what was your inspiration behind One Drop? Here, this is the original. You got one. that. You got um, that collector's item. <laughs> got the collector's item. You keep telling people not to sell. I was like, "Word, it's like four thousand dollars." Word. No, no. Um, but what was the inspiration behind one drop? I mean, I think a lot of different things brought me to that space. But you know, my work in general deals with colorism, and my entry point and wanting to have conversations about colorism and research colorism. I did my dissertation on skin bleach. It's all personal. You know, I grew up dark skin in New Orleans and New Orleans has a long history and a a very much in your face lived reality around skin color politics. Like it's very, you know, it's no nuance to it. It's like the mayors have looked like this. The, you know, presidents Mm -hmm. of Xavier have looked like this. Like, you know, when we talk about, um, power, social power, um, economic power within the city amongst Black folk, you know, it's been folks who have been on the lighter end of the spectrum. So I knew very early on that I was dark-skinned, you know, on top of being African, please. I was always different, you know? Um, And so in a lot of ways, as I've grown, I've come to recognize even, I think, my commitment to Blackness has come out of a way to like protect and defend myself and connect myself mm. deliberately. Like, why y'all trying to throw me away? Let me show you all the ways that I actually belong, you know? So to mm. connect to more people than not. But in terms of this particular project, like, you know, when it comes to conversations around like light, quote unquote, light skin versus dark skin, I'm very aware that we all are like trained by our environment. So like my idea of light skin is going to be different than somebody from Philly, you know, because, you know, demographically Philly blackness looks a particular way, you know? And so I think y'all's kind of gauge for lightness is a little skewed compared to me growing up in New Orleans where folks, you know, are quote unquote African-American, quote unquote black, quote unquote Creole, but they could pass for white. 
And so like my eyes have been mm-hmm. trained to see the little, the little twist in the hair, the little kink, the little tinge. Like I can see it. Like I can mm-hmm. see the drop where somebody else might not be able to say it, um, see it. But moving from New Orleans up to, you know, East Coast, Northern, Northeastern, this area, Philly, um, so on and so forth, just having different experiences and coming across people who, unlike my own experience growing up in New Orleans, who were very light and were die hard, like I'm black. And I'm like, well, you know, how, how you, how'd you get there? You know, because I wasn't used to being around folks who could. And again, the language is very important. The notion that, you know, with skin color comes privilege. And so if you have the opportunity to identify as something else, insert whatever name is, right? You don't, quote unquote, have to be Black. Why would you choose to be Black, right? So just becoming quite interested in hearing the perspective of folks who, again, had the option to be something else, biracial, mixed, Latina, insert whatever here, but they're like, no, I'm Black, you know? And so for me, I'm I'm just I'm I'm a curious person, but I'm also very much um, interested in our lived experiences because I feel like, particularly being trained in Black studies, I know what the books say. I always want to know what the people say, though. You know, like what's mm-hmm. it like to live this thing? And I, those things don't always align because I think sometimes, like it or not, many of us, and this is how white supremacy works we're still committed to putting our best face forward, right? We're still committed to projecting a particular image, for better or for worse, of Blackness that may not align with our lived experiences. So for me, research-wise, I'm, you know, I'm an anthropologist at heart, qualitative research methods. I want to talk to people. I want to document people's lived experiences. So all of that to say, lots of things got me to the space, but just, just being curious, wanting to know what it's like to occupy a particular body, body type, you know, what I've never been mistaken for anything other than who I am. So what is it, what is it like to feel strongly about who you are, but then to have people every day? What are you, you know, where are you from? Why do you identify that way? Or to be in a position where you come from a family of different backgrounds and having to make peace with people based upon who you are. Like, I don't have, that's not my experience. So I was very curious to know what that lived experience was, was like. And so I started talking to folks. I think it's really interesting because um, as, as somebody whose proximity to whiteness is it's right there. Yeah. yeah. High, <laughs> you know, mama's white, but also Yaba, I came up kind of under you in freedom school coming up as a little, and I, you know, little light skin mixed girl running around here. Swear she knew everything, didn't know <laughs> shit. But coming into that space of like, okay, this is how I identify. By the end of my journey there, I left there feeling like I don't, and, and this is probably not the healthiest thing, I'm not sure, but feeling like because of my proximity to whiteness and because of my privilege um, that I I didn't identify myself as anything. Like I, I in my mind was like, I know that I'm black. And like what Rox, what's her name? Adrian yes. Marie Brown. She said, Oh, I'm a mixed black woman. And that was like, wow, okay, I, I really identify with that. But I was cautious to walk into black spaces mm-hmm. and say and announce what I was because I felt like I don't have that right. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I still sometimes feel that way of like, I don't have the right to claim this certain experience because I don't know if the people in this room feel like that's really my experience. And so I, 
I I often struggle with that, and that's that's like fucked no, no. up. And I know because I should be able to this claim a judgment face. what I am and how that. I feel. <laughs> but I will walk in and be like, "Damn," because um, I I would be met with a lot of back, a lot of like, "Hold up, you're not really black." Like, chill, sis. Like, you kind of Puerto Rican or Dominican. Like, I don't really know what you are, but like, it's not black. That's not what I'm getting. And so I just, I internalized that as like, you know what, I hear you and I understand that like my own grandmother would say, when you identify as black, that frustrates me mm. because you're not, mm. you're, you're not who I am. Mm. And so it was kind of like, I get that. And so I just kind of would walk in and be like, this is my makeup. This is how I rock. Y'all figure out how you, how you have decided to identify me, but I'm going to just be me. And so it's just such a, I don't know, it's, it, it was so interesting when I saw the book and was like, I would love to hear this take. I don't have a book yet. I'm waiting for the my copy. The still didn't come yet today. Did. No, shit. <laughs> but I can't wait to read it. I think it's important um, to understand the historical context of everything. And you did a beautiful job in the beginning of the book to provide people with just the straight up facts, you know, and you, mm. you, you, uh, you specifically talked about New Orleans and that kind of ecosystem and protection and like the rules of colorism there. But I think as quickly as you can yeah. to just go over the actual laws that were put in place yeah. and the consequences of yeah. white and black folks getting together because the response to the byproduct of that is what, right. and the rules. And again, I think the most important thing, the, the, um, what's the word, the, the power that is passed down right. because of that, right. that in between that I think people really need to be clear about if you're not familiar with what the one drop rule was, what colorism is, right you've experienced it but haven't I think this is an important place to name what if you're of any color in America you probably have experienced at some at some point yeah I mean it's making me also want to connect it to what you're saying Antoinette because I think what's important for us which is why it was important for me to lay out the history in a particular way is that we have to also understand that that response and that feeling that you feel walking into particular spaces and being hesitant knowing that you might be you know catch some side eyes that those that experience comes from somewhere right this is not just about dark skin mm -hmm. folks being cheeky and, you know, light skin folks being bougie, whatever it is, whatever narratives we attach to it, there's a history because that history. Mm -hmm. No, I trigger this shit out, my grandmother. Of course. Right. Yeah. Because what your body represents, particularly in a black American context, is power and privilege just because you look away. You could be dumb as rocks, but have all the privilege in the world because of what you look like, whether it's the exoticism, you know, and again, all of this is very much centered from a white lens, right? So it's how white mm -hmm. people see us, right? And then mm -hmm. how we then have to live according to their lens. And so historically speaking, this one drop rule was really, even the entire history of race, like these codifications, these categorizations, these boxes were ultimately created to protect whiteness because whiteness was defined as pure. Everything else had to be, you know, we got to have these kind of calculations and formulations and fractions, but whiteness is pure, right? Add to that a history of white men raping enslaved African women, 
and somehow not being responsible for the children that were birthed out of those, uh, uh, I'm not even going to say relationships, out of the rape, right? If you define whiteness as pure, that means the children that come from this black woman, if they're not purely white, then they can't have the privileges associated with whiteness. Therefore, this man doesn't have to take care of these children other than you own them too, other than you have another source of, of, of labor, right? And so you have white and black as the binaries, but then you've got all of these different shades in between. So Ultimately, when, you know, we talk about white and black like this, it's really white and black like this. It's mm -hmm. a hierarchy, mm -hmm. right? So those shades represent proximity to whiteness or blackness. The lighter you are, you know, the more privilege you would have. So when we look at this one drop rule and in New Orleans, we then come down to specific mathematical fractions from 100% makes you Negro to 132nd makes you passe blanc, which means pass for black. You know, one eighth is an octoroon, one fourth is a quadroon, so on and so forth. That literally the exact percentage of whiteness or depending on whoever's perspective, the exact percentage of blackness defines who you are and can define your place in society. And so think about it from the perspective of folks who look like me. You have no engagement. You have no power over that. All you know, again, is this person can enter a space and based upon how they look, period, just how they look, they can have more access to everything. Most of all, freedom. Mm -hmm. Right? Because if you're passe blanc, right? People, a lot of people know imitation of life, right? But there's so many other, you know, reference points of people, quote unquote, passing for white. That notion of passing is based upon these specific ideas that one drop of black blood is enough to make you black because whiteness is defined as pure. We don't care what you look like. So if you look white and you leave all those Negroes that you related to behind and go live somewhere else, that is passing for white. In reality, people are looking at you. They don't see the kink. They don't see the little tinge of color in your skin. You're white. Mm -hmm. Right. So it really puts us in a place to start thinking about what is whiteness? What is blackness? So if somebody looks white, we got to look at their blood to determine whether or not they are. What is whiteness if not a performance? What if whiteness is not a lived experience? And conversely, black folks are saying the same thing. How are you black if the world doesn't see you as black? Mm -hmm, right. So then for me, I'm like, these are questions for us to engage. Right. Because, you know, maybe I'm old school in that way. Right. Because there's a part of me that very much feels like we can't afford to do what they did to us. We can't afford mm -hmm. to have the fractions come out and start talking about how much blood do you have. Right. Because if we do that in this moment, you know how many black people we're going to lose in black history? <laughs> you know, well, how many of us are 100 yeah. percent black? Right. Or if we're just going to go based upon looks, but also white people are clear about what whiteness is. They're not talking about percentage of Irish, Italian, what part of Europe. They don't care. Whiteness, this is how they, and again, it's, 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 I'm all over the place because I hesitate still because I also want to encourage us not to define power in the ways that they have. Their power is oppressive right, right. by definition, right? But for yeah. the sake of, of, of making the argument or explaining, they're very clear about what whiteness is, right? This is how they solidify power. They don't have time to ask all these questions. 
white, done. Here we are. Well, what your grandma look like? And where your people from? And what's the percentage? And what's your cur- your hair look like? Like we're asking all these questions in a lot of ways is by design to me. When you give us all of these codifications and tell us that we all go in all these different boxes and we only 13% of the population in this country to begin with, how do you solidify power? Right. And, and you made a good point. Yeah. Go and ahead. you don't see yourself connected to people outside of the United States. Right. That's the biggest right. thing. We're That's the majority the of this motherfucking globe. <laughs> right. You don't. So even the language of black, people conflate black with American. People conflate black with African. This is why history is so important. You got to know where these names came from. We came up with black, not them. Black with a capital B. That was a political identity. It's the bigger umbrella under which we all fall. So yes, my family's from Ghana. I'm black. Because it allows us politically, again, negotiations of power politically, to say that you are black with a capital B is to recognize that you are connected to people of African descent all over the world. That is a political positioning. That's not about race and the ways that they've defined it. That's not even about what you look like. What is your lived experience? I'm all over the place and I'm still talking, but I'm pointing to you, Shanti, because we've been doing this Black Star Live thing. I've been completely in love with you because, you know, we do the show, the segment that Yaba learns, right? Black ass Yaba learning all the Black stuff she don't know how to do. (laughs) First episode is Double Dutch. Shanti got footwork, y'all. Y'all, we got to get Rashid to give us the footage because they didn't put it in the episode, but Shanti can jump. But the thing that I love so much is I'm looking at her like, why well, you learn how to jump like this? And she told me, and I, you can say it for yourself, Shanti, I'm going to speak for you. This notion that her aunties were committed to teaching her how to jump. Like blackness is an experience, right? And so your aunties are looking at you and they're like, yeah, your mama could be whoever she is. But this is what it means to be a black girl, <laughs> right? And then two episodes later, it comes time to play space. And who's sitting at the table? But Shanti again. But she was ass on speed. <laughs> I already know she, she told yeah, me that shit upset the shit out of me. Y'all. I know. It was bad. Was but like, still, I know how to play. I know the tradition. I know the... You I don't know, know how the... to play. Space God over here. But you... Right? It's all right. I love you. <laughs> you fucked up. You hurt me. That hurt right. me when she was like, she just learned, but we, I lost. I bid too high. I was it's like, oh, right, But she knows yeah, what she was okay. my, my, my point I knew the rules. <laughs> Beyond race. That was very a little white. Race was given to us and we met it. Right? We didn't create it. What we do create and have control over is our culture. So, yes, the paper can say you are X, Y, and Z. There are a lot of people who have black on their paper who ain't my people. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who look just like me, ain't my people. It, skin color can't be enough. Mm-hmm. Right? So how do we connect culturally? What do we do? How do we see the world? You see what I'm saying? Like we have to also expand our ideas of blackness to make sure that we're being inclusive of culture. It's really interesting to me, as my mom's white. But looking at, and, the, and I, th- I don't know if it was the same person that made you look twice, but I, it was either Rosa Clemente or Lena Delgado de Torres. I had trouble <laughs> reading their accounts 
They are, um, I'm not even going to hold you. And it's, and that's just me being completely honest and how. That's what we're doing. Come back to the mic, Shanti. Oh, I'm sorry. So Rosa. um, How proud she, she, she was about, and I was like, I feel you, sis, but I, I don't, I don't feel you. (laughs) I don't know how else to explain (laughs) it. And. And it, it just becomes this confusing thing, especially around this moment of wokeness, because in reading all these different accounts and seeing all these different varieties of folks and seeing myself in so many of these folks, I kind of had the epiphany that the foundation of a lot of this is trust, right? It's trust. It's like you light skin, historically speaking, if you were white passing, you could cause a lot of violence, Absolutely. both physically and, and psychologically. Absolutely. You can hurt me just as deeply with your words than you could get me killed. So mm-hmm. it's like this trust of like, you, you, can I trust you? And then being a, a, a person that's, you, you can't tell what you are, you're constantly managing this trust of people. Mm-hmm. You're constantly mm-hmm. questioning, am I trustworthy? Am I, how do I, how do I gain their, their trust so that I can feel a sense of security and belonging? So it's yeah. like. Very similar you to, have to the ways that we talk to white folks. We talk about privilege. Now that you recognize your privilege, what are you going to do with it? For the sake what of, are you going to do with it? Faith? You know, what are you going to do with it? But yeah. And, and, and can I trust you? Can I trust you? Period. And then the bi the biracial angst is: Am I trustworthy? And right. I have it in, and a, and the a super. It's a power though. It's a powerful thing of how do how do I manage? White, because you have a you have it you have the privilege and the access to white people in a particular way, and they don't trust you because you're just you black and you're dangerous inherently. <laughs> yeah, no. And then it's black people that are kind of like you might be dangerous too, and like so there's there's this constant um, management and like all right am, 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 maneuvering maneuvering yeah. am I in this? And then you're trying to also come and show up authentically. Mm-hmm. But what was difficult for me was that, especially around this moment of wokeness, the performance of it all, the performance of blackness, the performance of I'm politically black, I'm, you know, I don't look it, but like I got a black boyfriend and I know I can name everybody and I teach these classes. And then you got fucking, I don't know who that Puerto Rican, that white lady, that Jewish lady who was pretending she was Puerto (laughs) And then you just- not Jessica. there was Rachel, and then there was another lady. Jessica. There was a whole other lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jessica, Jessica out here too. Shout out Je- to her, <laughs> Jessica Cruz. And then it, be- it becomes this performative thing. And then you got black people that are very that look phenotypically dark, but they ancient people need when they're around other black people. You're like, I don't feel you either. So it's you don't like us either because you are as committed to white supremacy as white folks are. And you got to distance yourself from us. So in the same way that you see across the diaspora, folks are fighting for this position of model minority, which is why you have folks out here talking about, I'm not Amer- I'm not Black, I'm Ghanaian. I'm not Black, I'm Jamaican. Mm. I'm not Black, I'm Trini. Because nobody wants to be seen as like a nigger. 
right? So see me as a model, you know, immigrant status type black person, but not even. Um, but yeah, you know, you, when this this notion of trust is a, a serious one. And, and again, a lot has changed in the last 10 years since I started doing this project, um, particularly when you have the cases of a Rachel Dolezal and a case of Jessica LaBombo, whoever. Um, and so... Um, <laughs> A lot has changed, and so listening to folks respond to it, it's not, I say this, this book is not answers. This book is just perspective. Mm -hmm. This book is questions, right? Like, I don't want to position myself as the Blackness whisperer. I don't have the answers. (laughs) But in the same way that you may not know that it's folks who look like this, who are clear about who they are, we all have to be pushed, you know? What is it that we are... Like if you have a strong, cause there are people like you, Shanti, and, and, and probably stronger than you. There are a lot of sisters who are like, yo, yeah, but why? Like, this is some bullshit. Why you do this? Like, why are you putting a battery in their back? Like they're not black. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the idea that I would validate <laughs> particular experiences. And for me, it's like, again, I don't have answers, but I will say, given the lived experiences that I've had, a, being first generation, Ghanaian, born in this country, and being very dark-skinned, I'm more invested in my people to the degree that, like, who rides for me? Who rides for Black yeah. people? And again, not giving a Rachel Dolezal a pass, but, like, skin color is not enough. Like, what somebody looks like is not enough necessarily to know their politics, right? And to know what they're about. But at the same time, it's not enough to just be like, oh, you said you black, bet you black. I got you. How are you like, what is it that you do? You know what I mean? For black folks, like, do you recognize your privilege? What do you do once you recognize that privilege? You know, there are folks who I know folks who are very light skinned, who are very clear, very vocal about colorism, but also given their phenotype, given what they look like, they're not going to be the person to write the book on colorism because they don't want to trigger mm-hmm. me. Right. If the work is about healing us and they know what they represent, then they're not. So this is why in this moment, I know I'm all over the place. But when you got artists out here identifying as light skinned Keisha and Mulatto and and I'm like. Girl, what are we we doing? doing? Of course, people want to fight you. How are you proudly repping these things that bring us pain? That can't work. Mm -hmm. So you want beef? We're going to have beef. (laughs) There, there's also privilege too in like sometimes I and I know I'm we here now let it free Shanti calls me the porcelain fucking princess over here child it's a joke but it's like it it bothers me too because I'm like oh but I also find people who are, are you know quote unquote light skin just like my raggedy ass and they the privilege associated with them choosing blackness. And not and to me, not really being trustworthy, but it's cool. So they're like, oh yeah, I'm black, I'm this, I'm that. But it's like you don't really rock with right. people, you don't really understand right. the history, and you don't really care about the colorism. And like a Rachel Dolezal who's like not black, she doing all the NAACP shit, yeah. but also what a privilege it is for her to choice. be able to just choose another fucking and it's race. A choice. I don't have that choice. Many of us don't have that choice, right? But there's a conversation I'm going to post as soon as I get it edited. I had a conversation with three sisters who are black and are also from uh, 
Spanish-speaking countries, Ecuador, not Ecuador, I'm a liar, Nicaragua, Panama, um, Guatemala. But what was so interesting and eye-opening, because I wanted to have their you know, perspective as well on this conversation, this notion that this idea, this identity of Afro-Latino or Afro-Latinx doesn't exist at home. Like the word is negra, <laughs> you black, mm-hmm. right? It's when you mm-hmm. come to the United States that you have the option to now, you're Afro what? And so and so. And so my question was like, well, what's the gatekeeping about? Like if somebody is choosing blackness, then they could run away from it, right? They're choosing to identify as Afro. They're claiming their heritage. They're like, yeah, but again, because of the way that white supremacy works and because of the way that white folks ultimately just don't want to get in trouble. When you got your checklist, I got to hire four black people, three Latinas and whomever. Who are you? Who, are you going to select the Latina who looks like me or the one that looks like Shanti? Who's going to make you more feel more comfortable in your whiteness? And so the opportunity that in in identifying as Afro-Latinx, you are taking something away from folks who could actually benefit from a particular positioning, if that makes sense. A positioning of being Latina? Yeah. You mean? So in this motion yeah. of being, quote-unquote, diversity and all yeah. of these things, and people got their quotas that they want to admit to, which Latina are they going to hire? Right. Is it, uh, what, I don't know the damn names. Yeah. Is it, is it, what's the girl's name? Uh, Jennifer Lopez Latina? Jennifer Lopez or is, is it? Latina. Yeah. But she's yeah. white. And that, that. She's just white. She's white. But, but, but. Even us as Americans, we don't understand. I I just learned this two days ago. It was Dash. It was probably Dash that you talked to. Dash was like, no, she's white. white. I'm black. The in-between... This is how they there got is an in between, up. but we name it. They got us jacked up in a yeah. global perspective. They have us jacked up because the minute I remember going to Spain last year with Tarana, right? And I did a video. And I did a video because it made me think of all of my loved ones who are New Yorkers. And you know, New Yorkers love to call everybody Spanish. So let <laughs> me think of my loved ones. And I'm like, y'all, I just want to say that Spain is in Europe. These are white people. <laughs> Spanish is a European language. These are white people. Because when we exotify Spanish, right, we exo- yeah. we forget that the reason why you're not saying Spanish or Hispanic, which is connected to the country of Spain, and you're saying that next is because you what you have to acknowledge is that those Spaniards were colonizers. Mm-hmm, right. Powdered wigs and all of that that we only talk about, like the British. Let's talk about the Spaniards. Conquistadors. Conquistadors. Yeah. yeah. Who also snatched up Negroes and dropped them off in places. And because they were colonized, those Negroes then come to speak Spanish in the same way that Negroes in America speak English like again which histories are we all of this is by design which histories are we teaching so of course we're confused of course we don't get it so then yes we get to a space where as soon as you hear people I always think about it when I would go to like the poppy stores in Philly on the corner and I walk in and y'all just have full-fledged conversations I don't know if I understand you or not but you assume that I don't right Mm. right because again when we speak from an economic perspective I think about my time in Miami all the Cubans in Miami look like J-Lo because they're the ones who could afford to flee Cuba. To escape right. Cuba, The ones who child. look like me couldn't afford to do so. Uh, That's why we're not used to that's seeing. That's also why they vote the What's way the they Dominican, do. What's the Dominican mantra? <laughs> I know black like you, Poppy. You black like this. I'm black like this. I know black like you, Poppy. That's, that's some work that I absolutely want to do. Go shot, be a problem. Next is that island 
that I that it's a it is deep because they've just like you said it's become a mono it's become a monolith and it's like no there's a that, that no. line between DR and Haiti was constructed yeah, y'all the same people knock it off but of course Haiti will always be punished for the revolution. So please don't say, I'm not, I'm not like them, right? I'm not wild like them. I'm a good, you know, colonized Negro on this side, you know? So pay me different favors. So Dominicans are fascinating to me because they, Dominicans look like me. Talking about they're not black. And I know Dominicans get a hard time, so I'm not going to beat up on them individually. It's a lot of folks across Latin America who have similar politics. But again, if given the option to not be black, many Negroes take the option. You gonna let me be something else? Oh yeah, I'm not black because I see y'all killing black people. Why am I gonna sign up for that willfully? Yeah, you gonna give me an option to do something else? Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a shift happening. One of my best girlfriends up here is um, Dominican. She she might as well be Ghanaian. Yeah. You you yeah. never know, and she um. She has a shirt that says Negra, mm-hmm. and she walks around with it all the time. People are always like, where do you get that from? I need one. I need one. And so it, like in Brooklyn, it's just so no different because there's this level no of you know, pride. But there's, she's also been met on the other side. And I've seen it. And she talks about when she goes home and like, you know, she had her hair natural for a while and she went back to DR and they were like, mommy, what's wrong? Are you okay? You're sick. You're sick. Come. Like they were like, let me fix you. Like, you're not okay. And she was like, I'm okay. Like, this is how I look. And they were, they just couldn't, they couldn't no. handle like it. That, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that. I'm like, let me tell you, I got love. I got mad love for lots of Dominicans. I don't want to give them a hard time because there are lots of Dominicans who are very mm-hmm. clear, like you'll knock it off. Right. Um, yeah. We just tend to encounter many more of the ones who are running from it. But again, this is how white supremacy operates. They, they, they mad at her for her hair. Why do you think Dominicans are the masters at hair straightening? Baby. Fried dot laid to the side. Don't nobody straight. I was ashamed how straight my hair was. (laughs) I said, this is not natural. (laughs) Oh my God, this is a natural. There's so many sisters in New Uh, York who talk about going to Dominican shops and they would have put relaxers in the in the conditioner or putting relaxers. Oh yeah, they don't tell you. you. They gonna get that happened to a couple friends of mine. They did not tell them. They said they were giving them a deep conditioner. They were relaxing their hair because they're gonna get it straight. Um. So I'm gonna just. I, I just want to visually let people know. Still, if you do not, if you are on our Patreon, you'll be able to see this. If you're not, well, <laughs> but first and foremost, the photography. This. This is. This as as intellectual as. You know, academic as this sounds, this book is actually just a be- it's a beautiful photo book. It's a beautiful um, compilation and collection of gorgeous, gorgeous portraits by Noelle. What's her name? I don't know the sister's name. She's also Haitian, Noelle Tayar. Noelle Tayar. Mm-hmm. And so you can just see all But of also these... other photographers also contributed because like okay. we have folks in Brazil. We ain't get to Brazil. So she worked, she's the director of photography. <laughs> she worked with quite a few photographers to get these portraits done. So there's all these portraits of, of folks that quote unquote, don't phenotypically look black through from Mm -hmm. throughout the world. Um, And damn, what was I about to say about this? Hold on. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) And so I'm just going to read this quote and then I'll I'll pose this question. I think we might end it here unless you guys have more to say. 
You, you end this with, perhaps we stand to learn something about blackness from our brothers and sisters throughout the diaspora. It is quite interesting to me that of all the interviews I conducted and all the conversations that I have had and continue to have as a result of this project, it seems that people from other countries and cultures are more likely to discuss their black identities as, po as political identities. Somehow, they recognize the utility of seeing oneself as black in a racialized context, irrespective of phenotypical appearances. They seem to appreciate that perhaps the way in which we self-identify may in fact serve a function, particularly in the face in the particularly in the face of racism and colorism. Perhaps instead of asking what is blackness, we should be asking what does blackness do? So you touched on it lightly before and how you know, us worrying about mulatto, this, that, and the third. How does blackness and your and one's identity in blackness help to dismantle white supremacy? I think, you know, coming to understand race as a people people always I'm over it, but race is a social construct, race race is a political construct, right? And I think we don't understand that that term to say that something is political. To simplify it just means that there are negotiations of power at play. You ain't got to think about it. Mm. The negotiations of power at play. So to identify as a particular way is not just about like, oh, I want to recognize my mom and my dad. I want to recognize my dad. What does it do? What is the function of that thing? How does it fit within this political framework? And when we're in the Americas particularly, we're talking about white supremacy. And that political framework, because again, understand how it works. Jews weren't always white. Italians weren't always mm -hmm. white, mm -hmm. right? In this moment, Egyptians are considered white. What, what's in Egypt that mm. y'all want? How, how did y'all come negotiate mm. that? You see what I'm saying? Like y'all have the power to determine. Civilization. Hello. You have the, you're invested in making sure that when we understand where civilization started, you're not going to give that to Africans. You're going to knock the noses off of the structures. Because you won't admit that, right? There's something There's something to gain. There's something to lose. That's what we mean by politics. This isn't just about people's preferences and who people like and don't like. There's something that you stand to gain and to lose in that. And what I'm saying is Black folk, we don't think about our identity in that way. We're not invested mm. in our identity in the ways that white folks are. Probably because we've been kept out of the realm out of the space of, of political power. So we're not even able to envision the power that our identity stands to have. But again, when you move physically in the world and you see that there are more people who look like you than don't, you recognize how powerful it could perhaps be to see yourself as part of a global identity versus a piece of the 13% in the United States only. So what does Blackness do? In the face of white supremacy, we could get real clear about who we are. In the face of white supremacy, you could be clear about who all is on the team. <laughs> you know, who's fighting for what in this war? Because it's absolutely a war. And when we come away from just race and understand the politics of that race, we harry it in here. Everybody can't come. Mm. Mm. Care what you look like. It's not enough. 
Everybody can't come. So that's why I'm saying, like, I get it. And I understand how the imagery can be triggering for folks, right? It can be very hard for you to wrap your mind around the notion that somebody who looks white in your mind is claiming a Black identity. I get that. I'm not dismissing that. What I'm asking us to do is to move beyond what folks are looking like. Because again, what's interesting, Black as I am, I've never had to articulate my Blackness. I've never had to defend my Blackness. I've never had to sit down in an interview with somebody and talk about Blackness in the ways that those 68 people in the book did. You feel me? So it's interesting that folks have had to come to a political reasoning of their identity. We should listen to that. There might be something for us to learn about ourselves in that, because I think Many of us take our blackness for granted, or we are too bombarded by, or maybe even seated in this projected reality that that the only thing that comes with blackness is oppression. You know, that in this moment, those of us who center joy in our work are so radical in so doing. When joy is a human, you know, pleasure, a human right, something that human beings experience day in and day out but like to 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 join joy with blackness is like where do you do that at because all blackness has been projected with is the struggle and oppression and enslavement and colonization romanticized that way Mm -hmm. right and so again for me this is really the subtitle shifting the lens on race Let's shift how we look at race. Let's shift how we think about race. Let's shift how we talk about race. We got to go beyond this, you know, racism. Because again, in this moment of everybody wanting to be woke, I need white folks to know this history too. Because you can't think that we can just jump over all of this and get to holding hands and talk about we're all being anti-racist. You can't be anti-racist. Right. You were the pebble. Right. You can't be anti-racist. You were the pebble that caused the ripple. Yeah. You can't be anti-racist yeah. if you don't understand race. You can't be. <laughs> you can't be anti-racist if your definition of racism somehow suggests that anybody can be racist. But I'm gonna leave it alone. This is why I use the language yes. <laughs> of white supremacy because we're gonna be real clear. We're talking about an institution and a system. We're not talking about your preference and your prejudice. We're talking about institutional historic, generational power, white supremacy. Done. But that feels violent to them. They can't, most of them can't handle that. That's y'all shit. That feels like. But again, why we keep centering how you feel? Why are we still centering how you feel? And if it's triggering to you and that doesn't sound nice, we got to use language to make you comfortable. I'm not going to make you comfortable. No. That's not how you're going to be pushed to change. You shouldn't be comfortable in white supremacy. That's the problem. You shouldn't be com- comfortable right. in racism. That's that's, that's whiteness. whiteness. That's and we continue to center you. Golly. <laughs> how dare we center ourselves? But again, this is what I'm saying. This moment is so interesting. So coming back to what I was saying earlier, the notion that my following is 75% white. Yo, these white folks want to be dragged. That must be terrifying, though, for you. That like, or not terrifying, but just exhausting. Oh God, yes. Rather, that must be the most exhausting shit. Oh God, in the yes. World. But I also try just to make like... it as clear as I can that I don't do this work for y'all. If y'all so happen to learn something as I focus and center on black people, as I, because black people are my audience. 
right? As I do this work for and about us, if you also happen to gain something, give thanks. I'm not pointing, right? I'm not pointing towards y'all, but in, if I'm being 100% honest, whereas I used to feel very free to post whatever I want on my Yabba Blade page, like how I want to, I, there's a hesitation because I don't want to engage you. You're going to come with the question. You're going to have a comment that needs correction. I can't even have fun on my Instagram no more. Right, you got to go to Van Jones for that, y'all. <laughs> right he the one. He doing that work, baby. And so for me, if there's anything for me to continue to reiterate to white folks, is y'all have to, you have to know that we're exhausted by you. You have to know that. You have to know that. Because you're exhausting. Because you're exhausting. <laughs> and again, you want credit and you want us to pat you on the back for wanting to do better. And I, and I want to, but also... Recognize that you are asking me to pat you on the back for being a decent human being. You don't get gold stars for that. And like you can't even get over the trauma, the the trauma of your parents. Like you still in therapy for the trauma of your parents. What to speak of generations of generations of generation? Like it's gonna be a while. Right. But also, it's gonna be a while. I'm down for you if you want to learn. You just have to stay in your place. You have to humble yourself real good to know that you all you can do is sit and observe and learn. That's it. Stop inserting yourself. But that's the thing about whiteness. Whiteness is a drug. You don't even know how not to do that. Now, this is somebody. God, what is that saying? Somebody. What is that? Brene Brown or somebody said it. Fuck. What? She, th she said um, something. Maybe. I don't know. But she said something about white supremacy is the room. Like it is. Oh, what not, we're it was Sonya. In. It's Sonya Renee Taylor. Yeah, something it's like the that. Ocean. Child, here we go. It's the white supremacy is the ocean. It and is y'all in the fish. You can't see the Child. ocean. Yes, that's that's it. That's <laughs> you how the fish. it is. Yeah. You know, so I have so many thoughts. Of course. I want y'all to keep talking about it. Yaba. <sighs> you are on around the way curls, which means we have raggedy options for you <laughs> that <laughs> I want to engage you with. Okay. Give me one. And I think this is not raggedy. This is black joy. All right. So Shit. we have you... our rapid fire questions. Okay. Now you have, we give you 30 seconds. Let three, excuse me, three seconds to answer. Okay. No questions, no justification for you. I'll give you a pass because I respect you very much and you do have a lot of eyes on you, but yeah. I'm not going to withhold the question. If you want to pass, that's fine. All right. Ready? Let's go. M Malcolm or Martin? Malcolm. Generational wealth or familial happiness? Familial happiness. Jay or Nas? Jay. Mac or Sephora? Sephora. Palestine or Israel? Palestine. In the light or in the dark? In the light. Prince or Michael? Prince. Sweet or savory? Savory. Marriage or long-term commitment? Long-term commitment. Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? Trader Joe's. Voodoo or brown sugar? Family or career? Family. A seat at the table or lemonade? A seat at the table. 
Evolution or creationism? Pass. Nikki Cardi. No, y'all raggedy. Ah, uh, <laughs> Nikki. She's a sad. Missionary? Missionary or doggy style? I'm sorry. You grown, but I'm so sorry. Dog, you can pass. Doggy. <laughs> Protection or pull out in prayer? <laughs> pull out in prayer. That's the answer right there. <laughs> is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? Uchi Wally Wally. <laughs> Make your man a plate or get his own? Get your own. Well, Nuck no if you buck or Annie up? Nuck if you buck. 9-11. Inside job or terrorist attack? Inside job. Rihanna or Beyonce? Rihanna. Biggie or Pac? Ugh. I'm going to go with Biggie. <laughs> uh, Teddy Riley or Babyface? Babyface. Flats or drums? Drums. Yeah. <laughs> um, travel back in time or travel forward in time? Travel back in time. Insecure, Issa or Molly? Issa. The fun in your 20s or the wisdom in your 30s? The wisdom in your 30s. Love and light or money and dick? <laughs> <laughs> money and dick, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I wish you rest. I wish you clarity. I wish you protection. Yes. I wish you warmth. Thank you. And just deep, deep joy, joy laughter. So many opera. I wish you the so many no's to all the yeses. And um, we care about you. Thank you so much receive, for showing up. Receive with love. Thank you. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, you got to get it. You got to get it because the book sold out in 24 hours. We back ordered. The warehouse is empty and it's full color. So it's COVID times. And so it's going to take a little while to get it back. So please put your order in because even when it comes back into the warehouse, there's no guarantee that you'll get it. So don't wait. Go ahead. Put your order in. One drop shifting. the. I'm claiming that. We're selling out again. One drop shifting the lens on race. Uh, you can, everything, yabablay.com. You can connect there. Instagram at yabablay. Twitter at yabablay. Um, yeah, it's yabablay out here. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. My arms are long My hair is woolly My back is strong Strong enough to take the pain Inflicted again and again what do they call me? My name is Aunt Sarah. My name is Aunt Sarah. Aunt Sarah. 
skin is yellow My hair is long Antoinette here, and I am inviting you. Hey, y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you to take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef curated seasonal recipes to their very new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. And if you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie smart and protein smart lunch and dinner options. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavor recipes that will definitely leave you feeling satisfied. Also, HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old tired thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from. Did you get that? 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Listen, it's peak time for summer produce and HelloFresh makes sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your door in less than seven days for a quality you can taste. I recently made the Gouda Vibes Burger with tomato, onion, jam, and potato wedges. And I must say, this was one of the best burgers I have ever had. It was absolutely delicious. All of the ingredients were fresh, they were quality, and they were bursting with flavor. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping.